Yes, and here we go, the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. My name is Eddie Cohn, the host, the creator of the Spiritual Spiral. Thrilled it's Friday morning, thought I would record a podcast. I do have Missy Kai Hoffman coming up on my show next week. I spoke to her about a week ago. I should get to the episode this weekend. Great talk. Should land on like Monday or Tuesday. I thought I would incorporate the, uh, the quick bite portion to my show today. There's a new app called Quibi where a lot of big players in the entertainment industry are producing, releasing very short content, five to 10 minute episodes. And one of my friends has a show on Quibi right now. It's called The Dangerous Game. Chris Webster, he was on my podcast a few weeks ago. So here's the quick bite portion of my show. I just finished watching Dead to Me. First half is good. Second half is bad. I finally found a Trader Joe's that is much better than the one in Culver City. Head over to the one at Barrington and Olympic, going for bike rides every weekend, recording new music, meditation record. I just finished my book, sending it off to agents. There you go. There's the Quibi portion of my show. <laughs> like, think about this, though. This is what we have been turned into. Technology, social media, Instagram, Twitter, and now Quibi. We are being reduced to little sound bites. If you don't produce a sound bite, a sound bite that causes attention or gets attention within seconds, people don't care. And it's it's actually pretty disturbing. I like I like the birds in the background chirping this morning. That's the one thing about recording a podcast in the morning. You have uh, you have the sound of birds chirping. I, I think my show is sort of a, a, um, is a direct response to the dwindling down of human beings' brains. Think about that. I just said, you know, the first half of Dead to Me is, is really good and the back half is bad. Does anybody even care why I feel that way? Does anybody want to have those conversations? Does anybody want to know what I thought about Christina Applegate? Does anybody care about what I thought about the first season? I mean, that's, that's the point here. If, if you can't make your point within five, 10 seconds, nobody cares. There's a great article in the LA Magazine that came out today about what the, what the virus is doing to our city. And I have to say, I'm really disturbed. I am, I'm losing hope every single day that Los Angeles will never be like it was, all because of the handling of the coronavirus. And here's an article. Los Angeles as we knew it is history, but its future begins today. The daisy cutter carnage of the coronavirus has only started. The brief novelty of Zoom yoga and telecommuting in sweatpants is ebbed as the ramifications become more dire and infinite. A paralyzing ennui has set in. All future speculation brings to mind the old William Goldman adage, nobody knows anything. William Morris has laid off 250 staffers and CAA institutes instituted steep pay cuts. The Chateau Marmont axed its entire staff. With the virus plateauing but still perilous, which to me I think is a lie, but Mayor Eric Garcetti described the city in mid-April as under attack. 
our daily life is unrecognizable. First of all, I want to interrupt here. (laughs) 1,600 people have died in Los Angeles from the coronavirus. 2,600 people have died in the entire state. 40 million people live in California. Yet our reaction of shutting everything down because people think that we are under attack. The media has brainwashed politicians, governors, and mayors to think that we're under attack, when in fact we're not. But our city has been broken and terrorized, I believe, by the government's mandates to stay home, wear masks, based on models that are outdated, based on what's happening in New York City. We think that we need to react the same way. And I, I don't believe we have to. 2,600 in all of California, 40 million people live here, and we've completely shut down the state. And by the way, if those statements make me a conservative or a Republican, then fine, I don't care. Because I think we have all been duped. Someone, something, some power out there, some country, some media conglomerate has duped us all. The constantly shifting medical situation compounds the maddening uncertainty. Oxford University scientists claim that their vaccine works on monkeys and the first million doses could be ready for September. Other medical professionals believe that a vaccine won't be rolled out for 18 months or more. Meanwhile, Japan is fast-tracking the antiviral medication remdesivir as a possible solution. The virus could always mutate into a more fatal or gentler form. A vaccine could cost hundreds of dollars or it could be free. Physicians are still trying to decipher whether COVID-19 causes strokes or other long-lasting damage. And everything you currently know could be outdated by the time you get to the end of this article. I'm so frustrated, and I'm specifically frustrated at Dr. Fauci, who to me is probably most responsible for ruining the United States as we know it. I know those are harsh words to say, but here's a guy who four weeks ago said that masks are mandatory. And now he's going to be coming up on 60 Minutes this weekend saying, you know, you don't necessarily have to wear a mask. Here's a guy who six weeks ago said 100,000 to 250,000 people are going to die. And then three weeks ago, he says, "Eh, you know, 40 to 50,000 people to die are going to die. And now I don't even believe the numbers anymore. Hospitals, medical professionals are being asked to put down COVID-19 as a cause of death. And I want to keep building on this Dr. Fauci take. Dr. Fauci controls so much of the dialogue and the reaction, and one person shouldn't have that much control. I have so much disdain and and hatred right now for this person because I do think he has ruined the country that we live in. And I want to play a clip from a, a Senate hearing. Senator Rand Paul raises some very pertinent questions about Dr. Fauci. And I think these are really important points that we need to listen to. And this will eventually get to Facebook and, and social media and how much toxicity is being had right now on those social media platforms. 
and this is for Dr. Fauci as well, you know, the mortality between 0 and 18 in the New York data approaches 0. It's not going to be absolutely 0, but it almost approaches 0. Between 18 and 45, the mortality in New York was uh, 10 out of 100,000. So really, we do need to be thinking about that. We need to uh, observe with an open mind what went on in Sweden, where the kids kept going to school. The mortality per capita in Sweden is actually less than France, less than Italy, less than Spain, less than Belgium, less than the Netherlands, about the same as Switzerland. But basically, I don't think there's anybody arguing that what happened in Sweden is an unacceptable result. I think people are intrigued by it, and we should be. I don't think any of us are certain when we do all these modelings. There have been more people wrong with modelling than right. We're opening up a lot of economies around the around the U.S., and I hope that people who are predicting doom and gloom and saying, oh, we can't do this, there's going to be a surge, will admit that they were wrong if there isn't a surge, because I think that's what's going to happen. In rural states, we never really reached any sort of pandemic levels in Kentucky and other states. We have less deaths in Kentucky than we have in, a, in, an, in an average flu season. It's not to say this isn't deadly, but really outside of New England, we've had a relatively benign course for this virus nationwide. And I think the one size fits all that we're going to have a national strategy and nobody's going to go to school is kind of ridiculous. We really ought to be doing it school district by school district. And the power needs to be dispersed because people make wrong predictions. And really the history of this, when we look back, will be of wrong prediction after wrong prediction after wrong prediction, starting with uh, Ferguson in England. So I think we ought to have a, a little bit of humility in, in our uh, belief that we know what's best for the economy. And as much as I respect you, Dr. Fauci, I don't think you're the end all. I don't think you're the one person that gets to make a decision. We can listen to your advice, but there are people on the other side saying there's not going to be a surge and that we can safely open the economy. And the facts will t bear this out. But if we keep kids out of school for another year, what's going to happen is the poor and underprivileged kids who don't have a parent that's able to teach them at home are not going to learn for a full year. And I think we ought to look at the Swedish model. And I want to keep reading. And it's true. I don't think anybody should have that much power. And, and I think Dr. Fauci is responsible for ruining the day-to-day -day interaction of our society, of our culture, the shutdown of our economy, jobs, homelessness is going to get worse. The financial crisis is, is happening. I, I think he is single-handedly responsible because he is all doom and gloom. And, and I wonder if he's even just completely clueless that every word that he says is analyzed and responded to with such fear. I want to read that article from the LA Magazine one more, one more moment here because it's going to make my point. As the city, and we're talking Los Angeles, slowly and fitfully emerges from quarantine, will be confronted by scrambled realities until a mass-produced vaccine is here. And again, I, I kind of disagree with that statement, but I'll continue. In an attempt to understand what comes next in both the near and distant future and the deep scars this catastrophe will leave, I spoke to some of LA's most thoughtful academics, politicians, and business leaders. The answers varied but the consensus was un uniformly grim. Unless there is a massive influx of federal aid that goes dramatically further than previous efforts, the city could lose up to a third of its restaurants. The battle for the soul of Los Angeles is about to be fought in multiple arenas. Amid rampant chaos lies rare opportunity, and in typical fashion, its future will be warred 
over by a mass of competing interests. Since the 1990 publication of his landmark history, City of Quartz, Mike Davis has been LA's most prescient urban theorist. Davis foresees the current crisis further fueling the age-old rivalry between the public interest and greed-head developers who have wielded disproportionate local influence since their forefathers drained the Owens River Valley in an act of original sin. Small businesses have a short window before they collapse, and there's no possibility that the federal government's loans will get out in the required time. It'll hollow out L.A. And right now, because of Dr. Fauci, because of this fear-mongering that is going on, we have people right now on Facebook arguing and yelling and vilifying people that won't wear a mask. And now Dr. Fauci on 60 Minutes this weekend is saying, you don't have to wear a mask. And so now the dialogue that is taking place, it just, it moves so fast. Just a week ago, it was about staying home. And if you don't stay home, then you're an evil human being. And you basically think that you're better than somebody else and that you're going to get somebody sick. Now the conversation has moved to the mask. If you don't wear a mask, you're a bad human being. And you have people on Facebook that grandstand and think that you're a bad human being if you don't wear a mask. You're a bad human being if you don't stay home. And then, of course, there's reports and stories in New York of this African-American woman with her daughter, I believe, who was thrown into jail because she's going into the train without wearing a mask. And then police are rounding people up if they don't wear masks. It's crazy to me what has happened to our world. Actually, I'll say it's crazy what's happened to America because there are other countries like Sweden, Denmark, where this is not going on. I think to myself, are Americans just more easily manipulated? Are we less intelligent? Do we spend more time on Facebook and read ridiculous information every single day? How did we get turned into sheep so easily. I'm going to play one more clip from Elon Musk, and then I'm going to play a clip of Joe Biden. Again, I don't want this show to become political, but basically my stance is, is the conservative stance. The irony here is, is that the Democrats think you should stay home. Republicans who are all along considered more conservative think that you should go out and live your life. So I think this comes down to Uh, The Democrats believe in the government, and they think that they're doing the right thing, and they trust science, but the science keeps changing every single day. So I want to play a clip from Elon Musk, who is the owner, creator of Tesla, SpaceX, and he thinks what we're doing is is crazy. Something that would be helpful just to add from an informational level is um, when reporting uh, sort of COVID cases to separate out diagnosed with COVID versus uh, had COVID-like symptoms. Yes. Um, because the, the list of, of symptoms that could be COVID at this point is like a mile long. So it's like hard to, if you're ill at all, it's like you know, it could be COVID. So just, just to give you better information, d- definitely diagnosed with COVID or had COVID-like symptoms. We're conflating those two so that, one, that it looks bigger than it is. Then uh, if somebody dies, is was COVID 
a, a primary cause of the death or not? Uh, I mean, if, if, I mean, if somebody has COVID, gets eaten by a shark, um, we find their arm. Their arm has COVID. <laughs> it's going to get recorded as a COVID death. Is that real? I mean, not basically. Not, not that bad, but heart attacks, strokes. You get hit by a bus. Cancer. If you, if you get hit by a bus, go, go to the go to the hospital and die, and they find that you have COVID, you will be recorded as a COVID death. Why would they do that, though? Well, right now, the, so, you know, so the, road is hell is, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I mean, it's mostly paved with bad intentions, but there is, you know, some good intention There's saving stones in there, too. <laughs> um, and the, the, the stimulus bill that was intended to help uh, uh, with the hospitals that were being overrun with, with, with COVID patients uh, created an incentive to record something as, as COVID that is difficult to say no to, especially if your hospital is going bankrupt for lack of other patients. So the hospitals are in a, in a bind right now. There's a bunch of hospitals are they're following doctors, as you were mentioning. They're, you know, they're, if your hospital is half full, you're, it's hard, hard to make ends meet. So now you've got like, you know, if I just check this box, I get $8,000. Put them on a ventilator for five minutes, I get $39,000. Or, or, or I got to fire some doctors. So what's what's this is, this is a tough moral quandary. It's like what what you can do. That's the situation we have. And that's not just Elon Musk that believes that and says that. That is an ongoing narrative that hospitals there's an incentive there to put down COVID nineteen deaths. There's an incentive for them to use a ventilator. They're getting more money. And the reality is is that nobody wants you to know this, but most hospitals across the country are empty right now. And there's a great article in PBS that talks about the problems with COVID and empty hospitals and people that need to take chemotherapy aren't getting their chemo or people that have heart disease aren't going to the hospital to see their doctor. And, you know, I live across the street from this old man who's in his 70s and he's outside. He's, I can see he's gaining more weight. He's not going to the doctor. He can't go to the gym because all the gyms are closed. This shutdown of our country, the ramifications are so far and wide beyond just this small, minute population of COVID-19 issues that we are only scratching the surface. Heart disease is going to be going up. Obesity is going to be going up. Cholesterol levels are going up. I'm just so disgusted by the way we've all been duped and manipulated and having all and have all of our attention focused on just one virus, coronavirus, which again, we get every single year. Coronaviruses happen every year. So I want to read a little bit of this article. It's called, As Pandemic Claims Non-COVID-19 Patients, Some Face Difficult Decisions. It's in PBS. The extent of the novel coronavirus's toll is far greater than previously reported. The data based on death certificates shows a spike in so-called excess deaths in the United States, split between confirmed COVID-19 fatalities and undiagnosis or unrelated deaths. At least 66,000 people in the U.S. have died than expected since January 1st. More than 30,000 of these have not been attributed to COVID-19. When you put it into context with the weekly deaths over the last couple years, you see a quite remarkable jump. 
The CDC expects the number of excess deaths will increase as the agency receives more death certificate data in the coming weeks and months. Excess deaths linked to the novel coronavirus are a combination of diagnosed and undiagnosed COVID-19 cases, as well as deaths indirectly caused by the pandemic as the virus overwhelms hospitals, limits medical resources, and discourages people from seeking potentially life-saving care. People that should be going to the doctor for their other multiple conditions that they may have, whether it's diabetes, heart disease, cancer, they are not going to the doctor right now. Acute conditions such as heart disease likely are behind the earliest indirect deaths. Hospitals across the country have reported a drop in the number of heart attack and stroke victims visiting emergency rooms. The change was so significant that the American College of Cardiology issued a public warning urging people with symptoms not to avoid seeking medical help. People are scared to go to the hospital right now. There is so much fear surrounding this COVID-19 coronavirus that people are scared to go outside, go for a walk, go for a jog, take care of themselves, and they're scared to go to the doctor. I'm going to end today's show with a video clip that's just going to blow your mind. So if people hate Donald Trump so much, which of course I do, and I find him to be a despicable man, and this virus has become so political, we're in Ohio, 100%, 100% of Republicans voted that you shouldn't have to wear a mask. 100% of Democrats in Ohio say that you should wear a mask. These are the politicians in Ohio. So if the Democrats want Trump out of office so badly, they have nominated Joe Biden, 77-year-old Joe Biden, to be um, Trump's successor or take over the White House. I want you to listen to Joe Biden. This clip was taken about a year ago. Do you want this guy to be the president of the United States? This has been viewed over 8 million times. And by the way, you know, I sit on the stand and it get hot. I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They'd look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. And I tell you what. Wait, what? What is going on? That hasn't been edited. That is Joe Biden. Our country, I think, and the people in America spend most of their time staring at their phones, watching Netflix, watching silly programming, staring at Facebook, going back and forth, having ridiculous dialogues and conversations, quote unquote, on Facebook, Numbing out, texting, tweeting, DMing, using TikTok, dancing in lines at Trader Joe's, that nobody is getting real information and the IQ of the human race here in America keeps going lower and lower. And thus, we have a choice where we have to either vote for Donald Trump or we have to vote for this guy, 
Joe Biden. Those are our two options. I'm losing a lot of hope. And, you know, in my own world here, where I'm home, writing, taking care of myself, exercising, I feel great, very happy. But when I look outside and go outside and go to the grocery store and see what's happening or go on to Facebook or read the newspaper, I am really disturbed at what's happening. And I'll leave you with this. I think right now you need to do whatever you can to take care of yourself and enjoy your life as much as you can, because I don't know how we're going to get out of this mess. Sad way to end the show, but uh, boy, it's it's tough to feel encouraged sometimes, I got to tell you. So excited. I have a new cover for my podcast. Huge thanks to Shasha. If you're looking for a graphic designer, uh, reach out to me on Instagram. I'll give you her information. I'm stoked by the new cover. New podcast coming up next week with Missy Kai Hoffman. Check that out. Great talk about our society, culture, yoga, and staying healthy. If you dig the show, head over to iTunes, give it a review, give it a five star. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Eddie Cohn. Say hello. Give me a question. You can also reach out on Twitter at Eddie Cohn. And that is it. As always, thank you so much for listening and being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast.